come up with a game plan. Yeah. I, we need to jump right into it because time is money. Uh, I think you're on. Go ahead and I'm say something. Saying something. Beautiful. It, nice. it recorded. So, Vadim, um, it's become a bit of a ritual for me and you to sit down, start the recording, and then do a little bit of a, a pre-assessment on where we think the level of this podcast is going to be. Hmm. You know, and the last two, I, I came out of the gates and I said, uh, it's going to be r- a rough ride, these podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I wasn't too far from the truth. Maybe it wasn't the roughest of rides, uh, but it was, a, it, it was a bumpy journey. And there's been some where we've called out and said, oh, this is going to be the best podcast ever. Yeah, truthfully. And it turned out to be okay, maybe not the best. Hmm. Uh, likely, likely best. Li- likely the best. Likely the best, but maybe not the best. So what's going to happen now is I'm going to make an assessment All about right. our podcast. And I got to say this about today. Hmm. I believe, let me say a little bit more. Let me say a little bit more before I jump into today. Yeah, please uh, do. Oftentimes, our, our podcasts, uh, they may not have the legs, right? Uh, yeah, either yeah, the content, no. our originality, our improvisational skills yeah. are lacking the day of. And it's like a little infant trying to wobble and stand up and walk, and then he just flumps forward yeah, into yeah. a big ball of uh, gelatin- yeah, gelatinous that's, that's, that's how my life generally is. Right. Me too. 100%. Um, metaphorically speaking, I am just a baby in a diaper uh, stumbling around. Uh, today, this podcast is going to be an Olympic-level sprinter. Wow. That's, that's a bold in statement. In the blocks right now, primed, ready for that starting gun to go off. This may be the uh, Hussein Bolt of podcasts today. Uh, what I'm trying to say is it's going to have some legs. Now, up and until 10 minutes prior to the podcast, I didn't know if it would have legs. Am I coming through on your headset? I can't, I can't hear you very well. Oh, myself. Okay. Can, can you hear us? I'm hearing us. I'm seeing uh, these okay. meters. Maybe it's a cable problem again. Some of that. Um, you know what? It could be volume two. You're in open air. I'm in closed can. I really oh. need to get everyone on closed. Interesting. Uh, can is it coming through uh, now? I think. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a thing. Yes. Uh, so we're both we're in the vacuum now, and we're we're ready to do some chit chat. Today is going. To, today's podcast has legs, um, but I didn't think it would until ten minutes before. Uh, before I get into what rolled into my inbox that made this made me think that this may be the best podcast we ever do i would like to mention to the audience that i had a choice when purchasing beer Hmm. i had a choice uh between a man's man yeah monster truck fan yeah 13 percent alcohol stout beer yeah or i had a choice between a peaches and cream yeah and I went with the peaches and cream. It's a very... I it's it's 2019, Vadim. Yes. I'm yeah. 100% comfortable it is, with uh, drinking a peaches yeah. and cream beer yeah. in a public setting. Yeah. So I think this also adds to my intuition 
that today is going to be a special day for yeah, this podcast. Yeah. How, do you, how do you like the beer? It's good. It's great. I feel like I'm in a, a peach orchard right now with a, wow. uh, a bucket of uh, creamy, fresh whipped yeah. uh, whipped cream, and I'm just cutting peaches and dropping them right into the whipped cream, and I'm drinking it, and it's it has some inebriating qualities to it. Amazing. Yeah, I did not make the wrong decision. How about you? How's your beer? It's pretty good. It's called Dunkle Buck, and I feel like I'm in a buck orchard. Well, I like that it rhymes with fuck. Yeah. So that's a positive. Yeah, no, this really does taste like peaches and creams after I took another another sip. So I absolutely made the right decision. Ten minutes prior to the podcast, hmm. an email rolls in. Okay. It's one of these broadcast emails from Wired Magazine. Interesting. And I click on it because I really, I haven't been, I do, I've read some stuff that we can get into later in the podcast, but we need to start the podcast with this. It rolls into my, p- into my inbox mm-hmm. and the title of the first article in this email is the strange saga of the butt plug turned research device wow now let's go over my credentials Vadim before we jump into this yes I'm a 43 year old man yeah I've seen some things I've done some things mm. uh, I'm married I've been in long term relationships I've been in short-term relationships. I've watched children be born out of my spouse. Mm. I am a learned man of science. I should be able to read an article about research and not lose my shit giggling, tears rolling down my uh, my eyes uh, whilst at work. Uh, But there is a certain intellectual and emotional immaturity that I right. can't get over. Okay, so when presented with this link, what choice do I have? That you have no choice. It it's must be clicked. It's a it's a trap link. Nobody can escape it. <laughs> it will be probably we're scooping an article that has already gone out, but as in Podcastville, yeah. I think for me to cover it, I mean we're we're in uh pioneer territory right yeah, now. Yeah. So I see that and Title alone, I'm already laughing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what I would like to do is just read a few select sentences for you. Uh, and And we can have a little give and take. Hmm. Okay. So it starts off. First sentence. Take it from sex researcher Nicole Prowse. Cobbling together an orgasm detector that works on both men and women ain't easy. <laughs> I want to extrapolate a few things. First sentence. We're, we're on first sentence of, a, of an entire article. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, cobbling together. <laughs> cobbling. I love this writer. I, would, I want this writer on our podcast. They must come on this uh, podcast. Yeah. Uh, cobbling together. Cobbling, cobbling, cobbling. When I think of cobbling, I think of a cobbler. Yeah. A cobbler builds shoes. Yeah. When I think of someone building shoes, I can't help... Uh, but think of Geppetto. <laughs> I don't think he was a cobbler. <laughs> but when I think of someone working on shoes, yeah. it's either little elves or Geppetto. Yeah. So now I'm thinking of a little bearded man with a hat with a feather in it. Yeah. Maybe a Robin Hood hat. Maybe I'm mixing up my my different uh, stories here. I'm mixing up Geppetto with elf uh, shoemakers and Robin Hood. Yeah. 
because uh, that's just kind of the hodgepodge of stuff. So here, okay, all righty. I'm we're at a workbench, and some sort of Geppetto character is working on an orgasm detector, <laughs> but not any old orgasm detector. It has to be asexual. You got to yeah. be able to put it wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. So guess what? It ain't easy. <laughs> So now the word on both men and women ain't easy. It couldn't have been on both men and women is difficult. It said ain't easy. So now I'm already in Dukes of Hazard, like a country guy going, oh, this sure ain't easy. So now <laughs> sentence one, I have Geppetto with a Robin Hood hat uh, uh, at a workbench putting together an, an anal plug talking like a southerner. We are, we're here working on our anal butt plugs for for <laughs> orgasm detectors, and what what I'm trying to do is make sure that it works on both men and women. And I got to tell you, it ain't easy, Vadim. <laughs> we're only in the first sentence. Okay, okay. Let's move on. I ca- I can't read this whole thing, but so far, are you following me? Yeah. Yeah. Am I am I out of line by being immature with it? Well, actually, wait. We're gonna move on. I don't want you to answer that because there's plenty. There's going to be plenty of uh, back and forth on this. Uh, you at least, you at least need to know that it has to go in the anus, yeah, to detect the muscle contractions that the sexes share. So you begin with a butt plug, naturally, and you must be more mature than me because this whole thing. I I was like I didn't. From now on, whenever I come, I'm going to realize it's my butt making contractions because I never think about that. Yeah. Uh, I just enjoy whatever's coming out the front, but then I stop to think around and go, oh, there's something going on in the back. Yeah. <laughs> so now I learned a little bit. Yeah. I thought I was a learned man of science, and clearly I am not. Yeah, you're a barbarian. I am a barbarian. It's 2019, Vadim. Mm-hmm. I should have known this. I'm, 40, I'm a 43-year-old man. Yeah. A living in a learned never man. Never used a butt plug. Never used a pl- butt plug. Uh, so it has to be a butt plug. Be ashamed of yourself. I am ashamed of myself, and I feel like I'm going to be put. I'm my using place. one now. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where my third microphone went. <laughs> now we know. Every other guest I've ever had on podcast has been like, "What's up with this this particular mic?" Uh, and and so that was the second sentence of the article, right? So I, I learned. So now I'm an even more learned man of silence, and yeah. I feel like now I can settle down. Okay, I've already got those the imagery out of my out of my head, and I'm I'm ready. I'm in school. Yeah, this, this becomes an academic discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a framework to think about it. I have a, a framework. Framework. I do. I have. Um, I just forgot the word ax- axiom. No, not an axiom. Uh, the, the a- axiom. Your formal system. I have my formal system. Uh, So you begin with butt plugs. That was sentence two. And then the third sentence said, many butt plugs, actually. (laughs) So now, poor old Geppetto. (laughs) He's at a workbench. (laughs) Spinning out a conveyor belt. (laughs) (laughs) It is. uh, He went from a little uh, boutique bench inside a cobbler's workshop to where... Now he's in uh, like an Eastern Bloc factory with smoke spewing out, and it's just a bunch of Geppettos working yeah. on a bunch of butt plugs. And but th- but the question is, do you need a lot of butt plugs to detect one orgasm? That is a good question, and my mind didn't jump there yet. You can use one, but the maybe just re- stuff in but twenty it's not little as ones. As reliable as as fifteen. Yeah, fifteen micro butt plugs. 
because then they can measure more nerve endings. Yeah. I didn't even go that route. So see, but see, that's why you are the better man in this conversation yeah. right now. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to find after we, we go, go. Okay, so now now there's in quotes. Mm. And, and I swear, I'm not going to bore you with this whole thing. But I, I have to hit on the highlights. Uh, we, so now they're talking to the doctor, one doctor. Oh, well, researcher. She may not yeah. be a doctor. Uh, now they're talking to one Nic- Nicole Prouse. God bless Nicole Prouse. Yeah. God bless Nicole Prouse. Please follow her on Twitter. And also Matt Simon. He is a science writer. Uh, a science writer for Wired Magazine. So... They, they interview her, and this is what she said. We ordered, like, 20 of these butt plugs off Amazon, and it messed up my recommendation engine for all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a problem. This is yeah. a modern-day problem. Just because oh. I look at butt plugs for research does not mean I need my list filled with... Totally. You know what I found myself? I found myself being afraid of clicking on certain uh, YouTube videos. Oh, dude, you got Because be I didn't want... My recommendation reel tainted. You, I'm the same way. I have uh, three different, three or four different Google uh, or YouTube accounts that I I go to for watching different things. So I, I I've become totally paranoid. Uh, so paranoid, but I, I, I'm just I, I I'm dependent. It's just basically the the technology has control over me. Yeah, it tells me well, you know, and I know. Well, the algorithm is aware of you, and you're aware of the algorithm. Yeah. And you're basically in a chess game right now. Yeah. We're all in a chess game. Some of us are aware of it. Me and you are aware of it, but most consumers are just going about their clicking. Yeah. So most and then when they get marketed certain things, they don't realize, wait a minute, uh, they're tickling your emotional mm-hmm. state. So she ordered 20. Yeah. Okay. She should have created a, a separate account. That's what I would have done. As far as Work as account. That's in, the eyes, in the eyes of Amazon, she's now a, a butt plug, a butt plug uh, collector. She's got to do a lot of buying to scrub that recommendation engine. Yeah. A lot of purchasing. And by the way, I do apologize if I did a... Uh, 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 I don't apologize. I take back what I was going to say. You know, I made it sound like she's a valley girl or something, but she, I'm sure she's she has to be very intelligent to be a sex uh, researcher in America. Yeah. And they touch on the, the prudeness. And, and actually, this, this whole article is going to show that I am, I, I am an asshole for, for yeah. feeling this way and having these. Uh, to the butt plugs, Prouse added piezoelectric discs, hmm. which detect deformations. Now, okay. I know the word piezo from yeah. the music world. Yeah. Piezoelectric discs. I'm trying to use my imagination with both a butt plug and a piezoelectric disc. And the only thing I can think of is, like, pickups in a guitar. <laughs> but they're disc-shaped. <laughs> so now I'm picturing, stick with me here, Vadim. I'm picturing a Geppetto-made butt plug in an Eastern Bloc factory <laughs> with guitar cables hanging out of the back <laughs> connect to piezoelectric discs. <laughs> Do you think that's what it looked like? Do you know what a piezoelectric disc looks like? No idea, but I would. would so I'm right on. Not too far from a, a guitar pickup. Yeah. So that. So basically, now I'm picturing it in this factory. Please, if I'm being overindulgent, stop me. Well, no, please do. I'm, <laughs> I'm. I'm indulging in your indul- in your indulging. So now, uh, Geppetto has a whole section of the factory set up for disassembling electric guitars. 
I'm thinking there's fenders back that's there. The only <laughs> one, that's the only source of piezoelectric discs. You just has to you <laughs> have to butcher a guitar for it. And toss yes. them. Toss the remaining it parts. The shell of the guitar goes in the well, dumpster. You can reuse, you can reuse the, the, the guitar heads to, to, to make repairs. Plugs out of so them. clearly, no, here's what I think. I think that there's a... Uh, so they... Uh, I mean, there's no other way. They, the, the elves are taking the piezoelectric discs uh, out of the uh, guitars. There's no other way. Yeah, no but now there's way. a luthier standing in the back dumpster waiting for the bodies and the necks of those guitars to fall in the dumpster. And then yeah. he's like, Yahtzee, all I need to go is find piezoelectric discs. A little does he know, on eBay, when he finds... No pun intended. A buttload of piezoelectric discs. They've probably been in someone's butt, right? Because I know, I know, Geppetto. He's not gonna. We're running a business here, and he's gonna use the most of everything. So when those butt plugs are done measuring orgasms, you got to take the piezoelectric discs out, right, Vadim? Okay. 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 No. All right. Here we go. Piezoelectric, which detects information now. We're only on the fifth sentence here, yeah, Vadim, the, the and this is already where my mind has gone. Mm. In the anus, the device goes, and voila. <laughs> so now I'm picturing our sex researcher here, Nicole Prouse. <coughs> God bless her heart. She's no. At first, I thought of her as a, uh, a scientist in a lab coat, yeah, and doing serious work yeah. of science to research orgasm. But then, voila, comes into the word. Yeah. So now she's in a magician's top hat. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing Geppetto-made butt plugs into patients bent over doctor's tables. Would All you right. like to volunteer in an experiment? Or a, a slash magic trick? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what's happening. You want to pull a, a rabbit out of your hat or put a butt plug in your ass? This is my I'm doing them both today. Gebetto. Oh, Nicole, bless your heart. Voila. You've got a way to uniformly measure the physiology of orgasms. I don't know. We're 18 minutes in. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, well, let's, uh, okay. let's explore further. <sighs> Shit. Alas, a complication. <laughs> no way. Out of nowhere, a complication. Yeah, it's, man, it is a son of a bi- You, As you know this, crafting an experiment, a controlled experiment, Yeah. no more joking. Might be a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, alas, a complication. You're right. Uh, a perfectly controlled experiment is a pain in the ass. Um, we're back into quotes. The device was made for sexual stimulation. So it was sloped both going in and coming out, Prowse says. Uh, a complication. Which meant if somebody was masturbating vigorously, it had a tendency to pop out. And it usually popped out at the worst possible time. So now I'm picturing the subject masturbating so hard. And so if it's a woman, you know, her like her fingers are moving so fast, it's like um, Lemmy from Motorhead. The lead singer from Motorhead paying his bass. You know how his hands like, (laughs) you know? So now I'm thinking of Lemmy masturbating a woman's vagina. As if Geppetto wasn't enough. Now we have Lemmy, God rest his soul, 
the lead singer from Motorhead, yeah. playing clitoris. Okay. Uh, and for a man, I don't know. I'm only thinking like some CrossFit dude going <laughs> on his masturbation at the worst possible time. So, so we have to imagine um, for women, you know, I guess there's contractions coming out. Or for a man, you're con- you're picturing cum shooting out of his dick while the anal plug is shooting out of his ass. Yeah, I'm very unsavory. Well, side. it's a J- July Fourth level celebration. <laughs> Fireworks everywhere. Uh, oh shit! Then salvation. Jesus Christ! <laughs> now I'm thinking of religious figures. Yeah. In this, and you're probably wondering why I don't read much, because <laughs> this is how my brain works. So now it's Jesus. <coughs> Prowse was, Prowse was tweeting her misadventures in tinkering with the device when a stranger in Germany offered his expertise. She's tweeting this shit? As a subject, if I'm in that experiment, I would I would like some privacy. Yeah. I don't necessarily want uh, the news of butt plugs shooting out of my butt whilst I'm coming uh, on Twitterverse. Yeah, but then again, you, you do want to fix the, the issue. You don't want the, See, the plot to... See, once again, yeah. Vadim, that's why you're the bigger man. Yeah. Because you're thinking scientifically right now. And so you're saying, how many users are on Twitter? There's, what, 300 million? So you're saying, hey, 300 million people. I'm working with the butt plug here. And when people are masturbating vigorously or when we invite the ghost of Lemmy to to masturbate women, sometimes he's so vigorous that the butt plug comes shooting out of her butt. Yeah, and, and uh, certainly Reddit would be a more appropriate uh, place to ask. I think so, ask. yeah, yeah. A little more anonymity. Anonymity. Uh, no, they're both. Yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. I think that Reddit is kind <sighs> of... Everybody's on Reddit. Everyone's on Reddit. Um, I, I Every walk of life. Every walk of life. I Something went on with my Reddit account. My accounts are getting warned left and right, <laughs> flagged left and right. I, I'm pretty sure someone's targeting me. I don't mm, know why. Uh, it could be because I have... Uh, Award-winning podcasts. Yes, yes, stardom status. It's the stardom status that, for some reason, almost all of my accounts are um, getting flagged from time to time. Uh, when a stranger in a G- in Germany offered his expertise, mm-hmm. and it turns out this stranger—it's not that he was a sex toy worker or anything. He just he worked with um, a lot of Arduino stuff and design, uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, he might have been a cosplay guy. Yeah. Um. So he was good at computer aided design. So, so this, this is where things kind of die off, and I I start to realize Matthew, you're an asshole. Just treat this uh, clinically mm. as it should be treated mm, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Wired magazine. Yeah. Right. Uh. So he ended up designing something called an anal pneumatic base for physio physio psychophysiology research. Anal pneumatic base for psychophysiology research. It's a Which mouthful. It's a mouthful. I can tell you what, though. The next time I'm on Pornhub, I am going to be searching for psychophysiology research to mm. see what kind of kink comes up. Yeah. And I hope I'm turned on by it. Plans for which are now available on Thingiverse. I'm not familiar with 3D pr- printing, but if I was, guys, anyone out there to the listeners, go to Thingiverse and look for... The anal pneumatic base for yeah. psychophysiology research. God, I hope no, that's a category. Falling, falling off anymore. No, it's a, it's a, it's a salva- It is a salvation. They're solving an epidemic. Yeah. 
You know, we think we got problem homeless problems. Well, no, there are butt plugs shooting out of asses when people yeah. are masturbating. Vigorously. Vigorously. Uh, and then he says, you might be thinking a lot of things at this point. No, I was thinking a lot of things at all those prior points. Um, but then he goes on to, and this is where things can get a little serious for us. He goes mm. on to talk about uh, re- sex the research. The death rate of the volunteers. <laughs> this is where it gets it turns a bit out more serious. One in three volunteers died. Not from the plugs. No. But from the intensity of the orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> their soul just grew angel wings and flew out of their body. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, no, he says it, it's um, b- basically she's she's getting resistance because in America, sex research, almost all sex research, when it's funded or any kind of money comes in, it's with the slant. So we can agree this, even though we're learned men of science. Yeah. Every scientific experience experiment has a slant of the researcher to prove their point a little bit Hmm. right it's supposed to either prove or disprove but when people come up when they concoct something they kind of want it to happen so anyway most of the money spent on sex research in america they say is actually sex negative Hmm. meaning why pornography is bad and why pornography is an addiction or Hmm. um in here uh Basically, they were saying it's the very s- unfortunate. Uh, yeah, opinion. it's sex it's negative. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, it's unnecessary puritanism. He uses the word puritanism in here. He does, which, I mean, I born and raised in America. I get a little different slant because I'm ba- San Francisco Bay Area, which we're a little yeah. we're freaky here. And again, it's 2019. Mm. I should not be laughing at any of this, but mm. my fucking brain only works one way, unfortunately. Um, so what they were researching is, um. Differences between climax. Uh, we won't currently have a reason. Uh, hold on. So they're trying to research climax and and maladies that may be impeding the level of those climaxes. Um, specifically under depressed people. Mm. So shame on Matthew. Yeah, because well depression a is a big thing and 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 you know depending on so then they go into like these um these different ailments that people have like some men i i never would have thought this after they ejaculate have like really intense headaches and and problems with that so wow. they were researching these different things but it turns out now our government the u.s government is using this research to kind of um you know what? I, I got so goofy. I'm mixing up what government isn't sex positive would be an understanding of ethos applied to the, a general rule. If you're applying to the National Institute of Health for funding is you have to be resolving a health problem. And I guess there's no problem here. She's just measuring climax intensity. Yeah, but uh, It looks like it's something that might be needed for, uh, for like it's a it's a it's a measurement equipment. Yeah, it is. That's all it is. So she says, uh, it's a very unfriendly environment for doing anything related to sex that doesn't say sex is bad, porn is bad, marital sex only. We s- we seem to still be in the dark ages, which yeah. I, I probably agree with that. Yeah. But then it goes on with some more um, positive stuff. Actually, in Canada, they're very 
they're putting $1.4 billion into sex research um, for, for all different reasons. And they say basically th- what they're studying sexuality in the context of three levels of hookups, mm. casual relationships, mm. and long-term relationships, which mm. is the correct thing to do. Yeah. Because I we guess. all know it comes in those three flavors. Uh, dude, that's it. That's all I have. But we're already 30 minutes in. Yeah, well, that was uh, that was uh, uh, I, uh, well, it was educational first. First of all, it was educational. I highly recommend everyone Google the term "the strange saga of the butt plug turned research device." Mm-hmm. That's got to be one of the most clickable titles in the history of the internet. It's a catchy, catchy title. You could either you could either research that, or you could research anal pneumatic face. <laughs> For psychophysiology research. (laughs) Those are the keywords for July 11th, 2019. Yeah. Don't don't miss that opportunity. And, uh, you know, seek out the application form for volunteering into that research and do volunteer. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. What what would it be like? I want to I want to meet this Geppetto guy. I want to I want to pick up some good deals on uh, pick up lists guitar bodies <laughs> that are out there <laughs> uh i read some other things but that's what came 10 b- 10 minutes before yeah that that that's something different yeah how about you you've been reading anything no no <laughs> okay good <laughs> just where where do we go from here fucking about puffing about i'll tell you what i did yesterday evening okay i went to see a show oh none other than paul mccartney you're kidding me where was he playing uh in san jose sap center no shit i didn't even hear about that but not that i would i mean i'm not that dialed into things how was it amazing yeah absolutely amazing so uh what what did that who who opened for him no no one he there is no, there is not a star of magnitude to open for Paul McCartney. His catalog is so deep. Yeah, he could go for two days probably. Yeah. He played uh, for almost three hours, thirty-eight songs, sung every single one. To what? Singing every single one, playing guitar, yeah, bass on yeah, every single one. Yeah, man, that's insane. How old is that guy? Seventy-seven. Holy shit! Yeah, still touring like nobody's business. Yeah. That's insane. What's your favorite Beatles album? Uh, difficult to say what's my favorite. If I had to choose under a gun mm-hmm. point, I would say Revolver. Okay. I am... Here's... Uh, I don't know if it's a shameful statement, but I'm a huge music fan, huge rock and roll fan. Mm. I'm just not that familiar with the Beatles catalog. Uh, well, you should acquaint yourself. Here's it. the problem. I go I go through so uh, with things like Amazon, right? Mm. So I have unlimited yeah. downloads and so I'll start with their first albums. Hold on here. Let me make sure I have their discology correct. Well, to me, their uh music is kind of in th- in three stages. I think okay, break three it down for me. Yeah. I think the early albums are are rock and roll albums yeah. where they would write stuff that well first of all they do some covers like uh, Roll Over Beto- uh, Beethoven yeah. and all that yeah uh, and a little Twist and Shout yeah 
um, and the, these are like first maybe th- what three or four is uh, please please me and yeah. then uh, uh, with the Beatles I think and then the Beatles for sale and then yeah. a hard day's night and yep. then a help yeah although later on on a hard day's night and help you get sort of a little bit of this sort of uh, more um, how do I put it uh, more refined Beatles sound okay right and then you get the psychedelic stage yeah from uh, starting from Revolver okay uh, and up to probably Sgt. Pepper okay so uh, uh, well no I don't know uh, the Revolver Sergeant Pepper, definitely, and then uh, uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Okay, where's Abbey Road? That's in the rock and roll. Abbey, R- Abbey Road is the one before last, but it was truly the last. It's really the last album because Let's uh. It Be, which is sort of officially the last album, is yeah. kind of. Uh, it's not really an album. It didn't really work, and it's some older stuff, uh, live okay. recordings that someone uh, compiled together, and you know. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so someone important, of course. I mean, right, not right. just some random person yeah uh but uh yeah and so then and so and then white album uh and um uh abbey road and let it be are a little bit more sort of next stage a little bit more mature i would i don't know how would how would i describe it it's more just you know just uh just another stage okay that in my opinion is different from the psychedelic stage and so yeah uh, I quite like all of the, all of their work. My favorite, of course, is a psychedelic period. I was, I'm really glad you articulated that because I was going to say the early Beatles stuff. I don't understand why they popped with that, and here's why. Mm. Of that era, I'm really only um, a fan of, you know, Chuck Berry. In that era, mm. obviously, uh, you know, like Richie Valens. Um, the other like original kind of rock and roll American rock, and then after that, everything sounds the same. When I listen to that Beatles era, yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand why. But when we get to the psychedelic era, those those um, medium era, mm-hmm. I do like those. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't think about there being kind of a last phase, so maybe I need to look at it that way. But yeah, yeah. their early stuff I always listen to, and I go, "Ooh, am I the only guy who really doesn't like this stuff?" Uh, and am I an asshole for thinking that? But then again, I'm a guy who laughs at research, legitimate scientific research. Yeah, with uh, anal laughs plugs. at uh, large hadron collider. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, 100. percent Now I, I now I, all I'll ever do is think of the large uh, hadron collider as a big cock ring. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a big cock ring for a Thanos type villain. Yeah. Um. So the middle era, that's what you like. That's what I like, too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, But even that, I'm not that familiar with their work. Well, check out Revolver. Okay, Revolver. Revolver. I'm sure I have that on my phone. I just yeah. got to listen to it through Yeah. instead of picking uh, songs I like. Revolver, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Okay. Um, uh, and so, But he can't do anything out of those catalogs, right? Oh, he did. Oh, he did? Beatles. He did a bunch of... Be- in fact, most of the things he did was, was the Beatles catalog. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to watch that movie called Yesterday? Have you heard of... Oh, I watched it, by the way. Oh, you watched yeah. it? Yeah. How was it? I didn't enjoy it. Okay. I mean, the the main characters 
covers are good. Like okay. his voice is really amazing. It's oh, it's him singing. He's not yeah. an actor. Uh, well, I, I don't know who's singing, but okay. whoever is singing, uh, the voice is really really amazing. Is really okay. like, I don't know. I I, I quite like the the singing, but uh, I didn't like the story. The story is kind of a little bit uh, eh, banal uh, and uh, uh, boring, to be honest. The humor is fine. It's a romantic comedy, right? Yeah. I uh, I object to romantic comedies with women the same way women object with porn for men. Mm. It's an unrealistic storyline. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the. Pro- <laughs> I like that. Sh- by the, this statement, kind of implies that there's a storyline to porn. There is somehow people start fuck. You can't just you can't just. Fun. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, always, there's, uh, always a setup yeah, and an execution. Yeah. There's a beginning, middle, and end to every story. Yeah, yeah. You can't have there's a story. Something wrong the with story my plumbing. <laughs> right. You ordered a pizza. Can you fix with my plumbing <laughs> with extra with sausage? Your penis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beginning, middle, and end. Uh. You know, this podcast begins with uh, hardcore scientific research. The middle is going to be about music mm-hmm. and the arts. Yeah. And we don't know what the end is quite yet. We don't. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so that's how I always view romantic comedies. And the older I get and the framework with which my wife thinks and the framework with which I think, I firmly believe that um, we've been implanted with mind viruses by mass media. Oh, and the porn industry is also mass media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that is, is the matrix. Essentially. Yeah. So women have been, American women have been implanted with this romantic comedy notion of how a relationship should work men have been implanted with this um porn idea of how relationships sh- should work mm. and we're getting nowhere <laughs> fast <laughs> come yeah. on vadim you gotta roll with it this is a young, podcast we got young sh- american boys watch porn and they yeah. go work as plumbers and then exactly and then that leads to all sorts of awkward situations yeah because they just don't know what to do with their plungers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like... Did, so, uh, ma'am, do where did you say the blockage I is? Undre- oh, Jesus. Do, do I, am I supposed to undress right now? <laughs> oh, your sink is backing up? Let me just take my shirt off. <laughs> so, good, it's sir, what it's are you... all confusing, yeah. Sir, yes, what are you doing? No, porn. Look, um... I want. I want. I, I, w- I always wanted to talk about porn a little bit because porn, yeah. as a concept, has evolved and changed. You know, right? Because uh, I think I feel well. It's not changes changing, right? Because uh, today we have stuff like food porn or well any kind of porn. Put oh anything. Oh, any oh put anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could put um, phys- physical, <laughs> psycho. Anyway. That joke is dead. I need to. St- I need to move away. Um, I need I to move away. A, I watched the video the other day, and I I clicked on it without knowing it, it was okay. porn. It it, it said uh, an amazing burrito, and I always thought that it was a recipe for a burrito, and it kind of was. And it's, it's like you could have extracted a recipe at the end of the day. Okay. But it was this guy is his channel. He lives apparently somewhere close to this amazing uh, piece of nature. Okay. Uh, somewhere in the you know, forested mountains. Yeah. And uh, he has this amazing, uh, beautiful 
uh, cutting board made of a. You can see that it was cut from a tree trunk. It looks uh, amazing. Right. And he would do something, and and and, and he would use water that he would uh, scoop from this uh, mountain rivulet. Oh, everything's so pure. Very beautiful and pure, yeah. and na- you know nature all yeah, that. Yeah. And then, and, and and a typical scene in his video would be something like, he takes this uh, soft uh, piece of cheese. Okay. And he get. He 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 grabs that coarse grater, yeah, and he grates the cheese and the camera. And it's just a, a and the camera angle, shot? yeah. Okay, from from the, from behind the grater. Okay, and the camera shows those nice pieces oh, of I'm cheese falling. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the on that beautiful cutting board. Okay, wooden. Yeah, and then, and then a heap emerges of that. Sweet, sweet, soft cheese. Yeah, it could be mozzarella. And it's not. It could be. Some, 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 yeah, some yeah. like mozzarella. Well, not mozzarella. Not, you know, it's something like um, probably American cheese, cheddar. It, you think? It, uh, which is not an American cheese. Uh, Cheddar's English. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, but American cheese is yeah, a type of cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of that. It cheddar. Yeah. Yes. Kind yeah. of. It's not as soft as mozzarella, but yeah. uh, this is nice. important to the story. Yeah, yeah. We can't move on until yeah, yeah. we determine cheddar. Think cheddar. Cheddar. Think cheddar. Think okay. Cheddar is a good Yellowish type cheese. Point. Orange. Okay. Uh, it is uh, a bit of a yellow tint in it. Okay. Great. Like now we can move on with the brown spots. Anyways, unhealthy green spots. Anyways. Okay. Um. You know, no, it was an amazingly looking uh, piece okay. of cheese. Yeah, and well, when when he was done grating, you'd think, uh, yeah, you'll, you know, move on to a, a sure. another task. But no, that's what I he would do instinctively. He he has to sort of, you know, just dive with his hand right into there and uh, sort of, s- you know, <laughs> chef's secret. Almost like uh, need. He needs need. to need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like uh, fondle with those fondle. Yes, those that's right. Uh, stripes of cheese, yeah. coarse, of right. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, amazing, uh, and the uh, the you know colors are amazing. He probably did a slow mo shot yeah. while kneading the, the, uh, the a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was, there was that's what I would do as a director. And uh, you know, uh, tell me that's not porn. T- tell me all that all that effort is not porn. It is because I don't see any other point. Is that to just well food. Food has gotten weird too. Uh, I'm more than happy to offer my commentary on food and the place mm. that it's taken in society right now. Oh, because, that's interesting. Please do. Uh, I just I think it has been. Um, you know, I don't know if I would use the word porn, but there's certainly been something that's happened where food has taken this place in our life, where there's people who literally their job is just to write about it all the time. Yeah. There's people who chase these food truck. There's people who call themselves foodies. Yeah. Where, so I I tried working out. I haven't done it on stage. I should do. I've tried writing a bit that basically goes like, um, foodie. Why are we calling people foodies? Okay. A foodie. You know, uh, two thousand years ago, you were just called a survivee. <laughs> just find some fucking nutrients and stuff it in your face. And now we have people who it's literally just a hobby. So what's the progression? Like, I'm a I'm shitty. Gonna, I'm I like taking good shits because we all have to take shits, right? We all have to eat. We all have to take shits. So, <laughs> oh, I just shit on this toilet. This is and, uh, and the toilet paper I use. And then you start taking Instagram. You have an Instagram theme with toilet paper, right? And it's just like, oh, look at this toilet paper. It's two-ply yeah. inside of a Target. 
Target <laughs> hardly ever has two ply. <laughs> so the YouTube channel, a YouTube channel on toilet paper, shit. luxury shits. Yeah, no. So what w- the the point I'm trying to make is this. Uh, I think what the foodie says is that uh, w- while I'm partaking in whatever meal this is, it's an artistic um, expression, mm. and I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I look at here's how I look at cooking. All jokes aside, I look at cooking as the crossroads between chemistry and artistry. And yeah. I don't I'm not going to shit on a well-cooked meal, either literally or figuratively. <laughs> it's it's nice. But I think we've here's the word. I'm going to drop the word. And this is probably where you're getting with it and how to make a burrito. We fetishized yeah. putting shit in our mouth. Oh, yes. We say, oh, no, you know what? Uh, that perfectly nutritious meal, fuck it. I want that that is uh, harder to produce Yeah. and is more expensive. Brings me no happiness whatsoever. But I want it because it's cool. No, it will bring you happiness. Well, yeah, putting putting nice things on your taste buds and filling your belly with warm stuff. There is a uh, uh, like there there is a a primal satisfaction that comes with that. Uh, So I I know where it's coming from. I guess there is. You're right. I I know I know where they're I know where foodies are coming from. Even though I really want to try figure out how to roast them Mm. in in my act, but because it seems so. It's like a first world thing where we've gotten to this point where yeah, it's we're bourgeois. so yeah we're so gluttonous that we're just fetishizing all this weird stuff. Yeah. And the same thing is happening with clothing. To you know, yeah, exactly, uh, there's yeah. these like sneakerheads where like they're people who just collect sneakers, and there's YouTube channels where people are making millions of dollars where all they do is talk about sneakers. Really, dude, it's check amazing. It. Sneakers, it's a whole thing, man. It's a sneakers porn. Sneakers porn. So I guess, yeah, you know, to your point, everything is being fetishized. Everything. Yeah, everything. And maybe, you know, I've always, I agree with you. I've always thought, um, you know, we talked about puritanical um, stance. And I think there's a a string of Puritan values that run through all Mm. American-born individuals. Mm. Even me, who's, you know, I'm loosened up, whatever, anything goes. It's 2019. I'm living yeah. in the Bay Area. I don't care. Do yeah. what you want to do. With a butt plug. With a butt plug research with a um, anal pneumatic base for psychophysiology research. Yeah. Do what you want. Uh, but I I still I have that line through me. Um, but what was I, where was I going with this? But I've always thought that people who are excessively overweight, there's mm. probably a repression and they're trying to get their release through stuffing shit in their mouth. Hmm. Now it could be that I could I I might be on point on that, or it could just be that some of the additives in the worst foods that we have are t- really chemically addictive. Like Cheetos might be chemically addictive, where if you eat, let's say, there's a tipping point. And me and my buddy were talking about alcohol the other day. For me, there's a tipping point, and it's usually three beers. Hmm. If I drink one beer, I can usually escape the clutches. Of drunkenness. Mm-hmm. If I drink two beers, I start to think, I've had two. Why not have three? Once yeah. I've hit three, I just can keep going until things get ugly. 
And I think that's the same way with a lot of our fast food, our processed food, where I think maybe they're putting additives in there that have uh, a s- physiological anal hook. Well, conceptually, is so it, it is considered that, for example, uh, that uh, instant gratification is bad. But it's conceptually, it is the same. You get this food that is not really nutritious, that it's like all carbs yeah, and a uh, bunch of cholesterol, a bunch of unhealthy fats. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you go out of your way to hook people on it through marketing advertisements and all that. Yeah, and that's how you and uh, that's how you end up end up in a situation where people are just ready to eat anything, no matter the nutritious value. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's uh, I think that's uh, that's to a large degree. I think is on uh the the marketing uh, well yeah. on the corporations in the, in the market and their marketing yeah. because uh you can be persuaded either directly or through some subni- subliminal messaging you can be persuaded of anything yeah so well, it's a, it's target your inadequacies what makes you feel empty and then let's fill it isn't that the it wasn't there. I, God, I I watched some documentary about this master marketer who came out in the in the forties or fifties, and he's credited with, you know, basically c- all of these fast foods we eat. Mm. He was the marketing guy, yeah. a Saks Fifth Avenue kind of guy, uh-huh. and basically his motto was find find what people need. No, find what people think they're missing and tell them what they need. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's the problem. and that's they're marketing. Tell, they're telling you what you need, what, and most things that you're told you need, you don't. Yeah, because they they want you to desire things that you don't need because you're gonna spend money on them. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. And uh, yeah, the problem is that we consume uh, food that is um, pretty bad for us. Do you think that my my, my thought on when you you see a person who has a, uh, mm. a, an evident problem of overeating mm. that there's some kind of connection to sexuality and trying to fi- Ooh, fulfill a yearning I with like what I'm trying to say is like um, uh, if I'm if I'm eating too much food am I repressing some kind of sexual urges I don't know I th- I don't think so no it's I it's I just know. that you get hooked to the wrong foods I think so I think you're being duped into into that yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody voluntarily wants to eat crap. Right. I, but uh, it's just we're easily duped into things because we're vulnerable. Yeah. We're humans. We're v- very vulnerable to things, to various uh, you know, t- uh, psychological tricks. And look, we all know once we buy twenty anal plugs on Amazon, yeah, that the advertisement algorithm is just skewed towards a certain lifestyle yeah next time it's uh, now buy 20 bags of cheeses yeah that's right it, it anal plugs and cheddar cheese sit- in one sitting yeah exactly but here's the thing though vadim the world wants to know did he eventually make the burrito because i thought you were going somewhere with like a naked woman and cheese or did the burrito get cooked eventually no it it, it does get cooked but it it does look like this sort of uh, it it looks like as if the process of this guy's cooking and the way he was shot 
it was is the proce- process of seduction. Oh. It's just seduction you into yeah. this sort of uh, <laughs> <laughs> sal- what's it called? Sa- 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 uh, Satiation. Uh, when, when you sort of sa- salivate, salivation. Oh yeah, yeah. You probably were while you were watching it. Yeah, I was. And it, did it you buy a burrito after watching it? Next, d- it was evening, and next day I lunched with a burrito. Yeah. Yeah. So he won on the burrito. He won. Uh, I so food doesn't food isn't a trigger for me, but definitely machines. Same. God, that sounds so bad. Uh, y- like you know, a car or a jet. If they shoot it in a certain way, where it's like a slow mo pan around oh, a Ferrari, m- machines. Uh, you mean a, a Lamborghini? Uh, no, transportation. No, moves. not even not even a car. Like this Zoom, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, we're we're on a new Zoom. Yeah. If there's a slow mo video of someone going. This is my new Zoom in the background in like some kind of uh, Lord of the Rings yeah. drums pounding the back. Boom, 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 boom. And it's shooting in and panning yeah. around. I'll be like, <gasps> yeah, oh, same. I record my voice. I want to buy that thing. Yeah, same. And then it'll like zoom out and then you see all the dials on the front. You go, oh, fuck. What are those dials? What do they do? Yeah. And then boom, I'm hooked because I feel like, oh, I'm not complete unless I have this little gadget. You know, uh, I went to see, uh, it was about a year ago, a film called um, Kingsman Secret Service, the second, okay. second part, uh, second, the, the second film, and um, there was such, well, c- but I'm aware of subliminal messaging in, in mm. all sorts of media. Yeah. And so. Advertising in movies. It was in your. It, it was really in your face. Uh, advertising of uh, Apple products, MacBooks, mm. and iPhones, and yeah. they were all over the place. But you know what? I f- what I found myself thinking after you know after I was done watching those new Apple products look look really amazing, and I yeah. and for a while I really wanted them. Yeah, and I knew rationally that. I don't want. Yeah, yeah, maybe they're good, but I don't want them because I don't need them. I have a computer you got and I have a stuff. phone. Yeah. Uh, no intention of. Uh, but I really wanted them for a, for a couple of weeks. So it got you, even yeah. being aware. Yeah. Yeah. So it's v- like you have to constantly be vigilant and uh, you know. Yeah. Resist. No, I agree. I, uh, I you know I don't buy a lot of cars, but some of the car advertisements really like. Oh, that's cool. And these little gadgets that I, I get, the audiovisual gadgets and stuff like that. Apple really is fascinating to me because their design, there's nothing intriguing about the design. It's so minimalist, yet for some reason it drives people bonkers to where when they see, when they have an Apple 7 and they see an Apple 8, for some reason they go, oh, that chrome casing with one button is better than my chrome casing with one button yeah and then they go out and buy it I, really that's what apple is they're a hardware company yeah they're just selling little boxes little pretty boxes they're selling nice designs really but why is it a nice design because it's so, like for instance let's let's keep riffing on this the zoom H, i mean this has knobs it has buttons it has things yeah. it has places to plug things in it's it's intriguing Right? Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, it's inviting. It's inviting. There you go. But when you look at um, a mobile device, there's nothing. There's literally yeah. one button. It's a slate, essentially, an empty it's slate. It's a slate. Yet people really seem to get 
seduced. We'll stick with the theme. Seem Se- to get seduced, seduced yeah. by whatever Apple does next. So that yeah, that that fast. But it, I mean, their products do look great. There's something yeah. about them, something beautiful about them. Yeah. I went to the Grand Canyon last week. Uh, was it? Us. Uh, it was insane, dude. And I mean, you see pictures your whole life. This is my first time I went. Mm. You see pictures your whole life, and you go, "Yeah, that that's cool." And then you then you get there to the edge, and you go, "Oh fuck." Nice. And uh, yeah, it was worth it, man. A lot of hiking. I'm tired this week. I'm tired, and I'm flying out tomorrow, and I was trying to crunch to get things done this week, and I just I feel tired, but. <coughs> Yeah, you should check it out, man, for sure. Grand yeah, Canyon is I always wanted to go, to yeah. I'll, I'll go someday. Yeah. Um, the hike is crazy because, you know, I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, so we decided to only do the three-mile hike, mm. thinking, oh, it's casual. I mean, my girls did really good, but it, it put a hurting on me because you, what you don't realize when you're walking down, you're dropping whatever. Like, I think if you were to walk from the top of what they call the rim, mm. that's at the top, to the bottom, the Colorado River, I think that's a 5,000-foot drop. Whoa. What? Yeah, 5,000 feet. So the switchback's going down. By the time you get to a mile and a half down, you've descended, um, I want to say, over over 1,000 feet, maybe like 1,200 feet or something like that. So the walk back up is hard. I, I might be getting all my numbers. 5,000, I think, is what it is. So walking up is hard and walking back is long is that it is everyone uh, yeah it is it's hard getting back up i mean and so you're at elevation by the time you get back up you're no it's uh, so it's higher than five thousand feet when you're at the top i don't know what the elevation is i should i should have remembered these numbers but um you're at a fairly high elevation so you kind of feel a little winded Mm -hmm. being that we're from the bay area i'm not really acclimated to high elevation but let me put it this way so the difference in temperature is when you're at the top Uh, it's around 85 degrees Fahrenheit. If you were to go to the bottom, it's 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, you're wow. talking about going descending from high desert to low desert. I see. And low desert is hot. Like Death Valley will be 130 degrees or whatever. The Colorado River down there, it's like 120 degrees. So as you're going down, it's getting hotter and hotter. But anyway, um, the point being is, I loved it, man. I loved it. I could see, I could see myself living in that kind of environment yeah getting away from all this yeah well and that's the thing right we could have organized our cities so that we're more connected to nature yeah but we didn't no and we but it is it is time well it is it it is uh it is possible to go back well to, to rethink the way we live oh so i was driving through the mojave and something dawned on me that you know, we've talked about housing crisis here we've on this on the podcast before. We've talked about homelessness on the podcast before. But I something hit me. We always build up to the sky. Mm-hmm. But we never really build under. I know we have underground transportation. Yeah. I don't think a lot of effort has been put into building living things underground. Mm. And I was driving through Mojave Desert, and that's another thing that's mind-boggling. I mean, you'll drive, it'll say last stop for 60 miles or something like that. Mm. So for one hour, you'll just drive just desert, driving 70 miles per hour for one hour. And um, 
there'll be the stop will be like one little town. So so what I'm trying to say is even if there's a gas fill up, it's one little fill up in the midst of nothing. And I was thinking, I, I bet if you were to measure California, probably two thirds of California is unusable, uninhabitable mm-hmm. because it's just either desert or whatever. But I wonder what's underground because I've always heard if you dig whatever 10 feet down, 15 feet down, that it actually turns to a really comfortable temperature mm. um, compared to the air temperature above. So I, how come no one's ever thought about building something underground where you have like your catches for rainy season that can catch and fill wells and and then have some kind of solar devices that are have mirrors pointing light down into the caverns while you're there that can also grow food um it just seems like there's a lot of space out there but due to the air temperature uh you can't really live in it (laughs) but if you were to dig under maybe maybe you could so i started thinking about underground habitats a lot more i didn't do any googling or anything uh but i think it would be an interesting concept to buy some land in a in a desert yeah and see if during because oh here's why i had that thought because when you're driving through the desert there's these little bridge areas over the freeways that they call washes and you could tell like waters it has water erosion so at some point in the season there's so much rain that hits that water is just rushing out into the desert Mm. and there are plants small plants they don't grow tall so that tells me that at some point in the year you're getting a, a ton of water that requires multiple of these washouts. I mean, you're passing them every two miles where it says washout, and you can see, like, the water has ran through there. So the desert must flood. So can you trap that water? Can you use that water? You have sunshine basically year-round. You know you got to be able to produce a lot of solar energy. What if you just put all these solar panels on the top, and then you tunnel underground, and you build, like, trap basins for wells for water? And then you have different reflective mirrors to get light in there. So you still have your UV throughout the day. Uh, I don't know. Maybe people are thinking of this. But I was yeah. wondering. Never heard of, uh, of that it concept. Yeah, but it me neither. It sounds interesting in my opinion. I think. Th- uh, so here's the two areas, I guess, <laughs> that make it inconvenient. One, other than miners, you know, there's not a lot of underground engineering experts out there. And miners are not making anything desirable to live in. You know, I would disagree to that because uh, there are plenty of... I mean, I don't know about America, really, or California specifically, but around the world there are plenty of, say, malls and trade centers that go underground. Hong Kong, great example. So much of their... Korea, so much of their city, so much of what you can do in your day-to-day life is underground. Yeah, so... You can eat, do your shopping, do your transportation. It's all underground. So, yeah, that's... I think... I, I guess I, I think the main probably the main issue is that we kind of think that there's a lot of uh, on the ground habitats potential habitats we kind of yeah. don't need to dig underground. Yeah, but I don't think that's true here in California. I think California we have a huge need for habitat, whatever that habitat may be. Well, but the question is whether the the, the housing problem it's pr- is probably not due to any natural reasons rather due to regulations that are inadequate regulations and effort yeah inadequate effort inadequate regulations yeah Yeah. or over restrictive regulations 
Well, I think that the over restrictive regulation thing is that's the problem. Yeah. I think. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. What I, one thing I've heard is that some places, for example, people want to uh, don't want to don't want to build the up, for example. Yeah. Because they just like the the charm of the low story yeah. type of you know areas, but. Then they should talk to my engineering firm. We're currently working on underground habitats <laughs> as I speak. But cities are made to serve humans, not humans to serve cities, to serve some, some idea uh-huh. of charming, low story, yeah. you know, s- town. Uh, we, should, we need to accommodate people. And so it's sort of, a, I don't know how. Much of an, uh, I, I guess there are many reasons. I don't know how much of an impact that particular one, that particular one, has on the whole situation. Right. But uh, I think it's absurd. I think there's a plenty of opportunity here to build more. And uh, those buildings, uh, if you if you are smart about those things, you can make them stylish. You can make them uh, eco-friendly. We've talked about the ideas before. Yeah, no, we've talked we've talked about this, haven't we? About engineering, um, basically self-sustaining sky rises. Yeah. Because uh, well, one thing in California, we have plenty of sunshine, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then also, I did read another Wired article. I didn't I didn't bookmark it because it, it wasn't as entertaining to me as this one was. But it it had to do. It talked about how actually cities reduce global footprints because if you have a dense enough area of humans, um you kind of contain the human problem and you contain the transportation problem Mm -hmm. because if you can cram, if you can do a Manhattan style design, Mm. they live up top and they work down below or whatever, vice versa. Yeah. But, and then if they really need to go far to get a grocery or whatever, they take a public transportation instead of buying a vehicle and then driving a vehicle around. So here in California, we're so spread out. Yeah. Yeah. Almost everyone works at least 30 minutes from their job. Yep. Almost everyone. Whereas if you can put the living spaces and the job a little closer together, maybe that would reduce traffic. Oh, certainly. No, traffic is a trap. I'm it sorry, is. cars are traps, essentially. Yeah. The You're idea, living the life, an man. An idea of a, car, of a car is a trap. Yeah. Because uh, you don't really get that many benefits. And besides, I mean, if, if, if we were all for a fair society, right? How come that... Oh, I'm going to go on a rant now. Yeah, do a rant. How come... We need a rant. what I've learned recently, right, is that uh, only 30% of people in America own cars. And it's roughly roughly same across the globe. In Russia, it's 20%. Right? So 20 to 30% of people own cars. Yet the whole infrastructure is designed to accommodate them. Yeah, parking lots. So gas stations. And 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 what are we getting? What do we get? What do we get is is traffic jams through which uh an ambulance for example would struggle to yeah. get to you and yeah. help you. And so, so forth. So Especially with douchebag Cupertino drivers. Yeah, yeah, are roads are roads important? Absolutely. But you know, I think the primary goal of roads is Ambulance, police, you know, fire, f- you know, fire brigade, Pu- public transportation, public transportation, yeah. uh, you know, trucks 
also yeah. sort of cargo Bringing related food. stuff. Yeah. Maybe uh, yeah, maybe uh, that Uber and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, certainly, I think that I, I think that's the first tier of why do we need roads, and the second tier is the personal transport. Yet, for some reason, it is believed that the that the state and all the taxpayers owe you, a car owner, everything, and the, the the whole entirety of the infrastructure that is available. That's interesting. I I I would have never guessed thirty percent. I would have guessed the other way around. I would have said seventy percent. No. Thirty percent. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe in the Bay Area. Maybe in the Bay Area it is uh, the other way around. But a place but like average. a place like New York City could heavily skew the national numbers because no one there really owns a car unless you're a multimillionaire. That that is true, but but then it's sort of you have to ask yourself where I am going with this because I completely no, lost no, no. the train of thought. Uh, no, no, here I'll try and pick up the train. I'll push the train. I'll pull the train with my teeth. Yeah, so what you're saying is it, it's a lopsided allotment of uh, Commonwealth good. So you're, you're saying there's a 30% pie of the overall population, and maybe we spend 90% of our infrastructure money on maintaining mm. that thing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've never put much thought into it. I can tell you um, the only reason I would give up a car is if I had a very nimble public transportation or Uber was really affordable. Mm. But both those things can happen. Uber, the more people who use Uber, probably the more cost-effective it becomes. And then the more, uh, the more money you put into public transportation, the more nimble it becomes. So here's the problem with Cal- California public transportation, and this is my uneducated... Um, off-the-cuff observation and commentary is our public transportation does not use the concept of an express train or an express bus, which means you always need something within a line, whether it be your light rail or your train or your subway that says, I'm going to skip the next five stops. And you're going to have one train that will hit every stop and one train that skips five stops. So that if I'm going from Sunnyvale to San Francisco on a Caltran, I don't need all those stops. I need two yeah. stops. So if you can have one train on one rail that's hitting three stops along the way, then I'll get to San Francisco in 45 minutes. But because mm-hmm. I only have one choice of hitting every spot, then it's going to be an hour and a half. Yeah. So what am I going to do? I'm going to get my car, take my car, or save up to buy a car. Um, and... I don't know how hard it is to implement the ex- express system. It, so I know in New York it works that way. In Russia, are there is there this notion of a train that goes faster than other trains but to less stops? There are express trains. I don't know how efficient they are. Oh, okay. I rarely took train. Okay. Yeah. But I but uh, with uh, buses with buses, there's no excuse not to have express buses. Because yeah. they can weave in and out of traffic. A train, I know it involves r- rails, yeah. but I don't think they have any express buses here. But I think uh, if you have a bus line that goes from point A to point B, it stops on every stop along the way. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Yeah, there, we need express trains between strategic points that are not too far but not too close close to each other. 
And then we need uh, sort of regular trains that cover a lot of different yep. locations. And uh, when I lived in Italy, it was pretty much like that. And yeah. uh, I, you travel in Europe, you travel by train. Right. Same, uh, I had same experience in Japan, I had same experience in Korea. Yeah. Traveling by train, absolutely fantastic. Uh, th- were you ever sexually molested in Japan or Korea while you were standing on a crowded train? Unfortunately, no. Oh, man. You didn't hit the lottery. No. So. This podcast is, it's, it's going to be so bad for my, my it's life. A, it's a, it's a source of degeneracy. Yeah. It's not good. Degeneracy, heresy. Uh, if you're a, you know, God-fearing. This is a bad podcast. If you're a God-fearing person. Should have. Uh, I should have never bought a Zoom recorder. Should have shut it off. Shut it off long ago. Yeah. Uh, now you'll burn in hell. But now it's also too late to shut it's it off. Too so late. Well, no, they're around. not going to burn in hell. I'm going to burn in hell. I'm going to burn in hell. I'm the one who said this stuff. Well, they too, because they listen to it. They entertained the thoughts. Yeah. And uh, but now it's too late. We're all going to burn in hell. So stick around. Stick you have around. Nothing to lose now. Stick around for the fireworks show. Yeah. Um. We're over an hour, my friend. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts is that uh, I think that uh, I think that uh, we live in the Matrix and we must really escape the Matrix. Ah, the food is good in the Matrix, as you know from your burrito pornography. The food is good. The sunshine? God damn, this is nice weather, Vadim. That is true. You stick around. I think we should stay in the Matrix and just don't give a fuck anymore. I've been there. That's how I am. Yeah, I think that's a good I'm way leading, to go. I'm running the pack. I'm leader of the pack, I should say. Just yeah. enjoy the, the things and try not to think too deep. But then I do think too deep, yeah. and then I get sad. Because we're philosophers. We're, lear- we're learned scientific you philosophers. You can't fix a philosopher. No, you cannot fix a philosopher. But I tell you what you can do. You can Google for the anal pneumatic base for psychophysiological research. Support. Go to their Patreon page. Go to their YouPorn Red Tube site and uh, yeah. enjoy. Yeah, volunteer. Volunteer. Try it out yourself. Until next Don't time. Don't miss out. Don't miss out.